Well, Father, we ask that you would work with us, work in us. Lord, reveal yourself to us. God, help us to see you today. Help us to let the things of the world, the things that preoccupy our mind, let them fade. Lord, let us see you clearly. Well, Father, let us focus in on who you are. Let us focus in on your word right now. And, Lord, I pray that all distractions would be removed. All those things in our mind that try to pull us away from you would be overshadowed by your glory. Lord, excuses that we have. Just like with Moses, you will give an answer to every excuse. Lord, Father, let us not explain you away today, but let us, let us lean fully into you and who you are. God, we desperately need you. So in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And you can be seated. Y'all doing well? Yes? All right, we have Children's Church. Look, they're ready to go. Uh, kindergarten through sixth grade, headed out. Kindergarten through sixth grade, you don't have to be in here with the boring guy. Yes. So, uh, today we're starting in our new sermon series, Christmas, the Cornerstone. And and so, I'm going to be talking about building. Anybody here you like to build? Yeah, we got a few people that like to build. All right, I like that. You like to put things together. You like to be able to look back at the end of the day and see what you did, right? It's kind of like cutting grass. I like to cut grass because I can look at the end of the day and I can see what I did. Y'all with me? Like I cut the grass for the first time in a while because it didn't rain and I was trying to make sure my grass would, would still be alive and I cut it. And every time we drive up now, I look at my wife and say, doesn't that yard look good? Because sometimes, men, we got to just point out what we did, don't we? Yeah. Because sometimes they just ignore and, you know, we just, we feel unappreciated. Ladies, I know y'all feel that way too, right? Yes, never. But anyway, so I mean, so building is kind of those things. Man, I build something. And if I build something, I, I, I want to show somebody. I want to show, hey, look at this. Look how this works this way. And so whenever I build, I want to show that off because, man, it just, there, there's not a, you know, Men, if you're just having that day, you're just not feeling very manly, isn't it? Just fun to get some tools and break something and build something? Yes. So today we're going to be talking about building. We're going to talk most specifically about the cornerstone. Now, we're going to be in Isaiah 28 today. Now, this is not a typical Christmas passage. Uh, and I know y'all probably thought, I'm going to come and I'm going to hear about the wise men. I'm going to hear about the shepherds and, and, and all this. But I think that this is going to be important for us because, as you see, if we get this right, everything else falls into place. We get this part right, everything else will line up with who Jesus is. And this could be a moment in our life where Christmas brings on a whole new meaning. So let me give you a little background before we read. Um, in Isaiah, hey, I like that. I got a little music going on behind me. I'll make me preach better. You, you know, you, you can preach terrible, but you got a little music behind you, man. It makes you sound good. Anyway, so, y'all hear that? Or is that just God? Hey, 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 I like it. Woo! 
<laughs> Hi, Joe. <laughs> there it is. Oh, man. I like, hey, play a little. Tell him to play a little bit while I'm preaching. Joe, don't tell him to turn it off. Oh, man. Aren't y'all glad we are a place where we can just laugh together a little bit? All right. It's just like coming to family every Sunday, isn't it? It's like coming home. All right, so uh, you see those churches like coming home? This for real is like coming home every Sunday. I'm happy to see most of you every week. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm glad to see almost all of you. All right, so um, Isaiah 28. So what happens in the first part is Israel has really started to turn away from God and had go, started to look at the things of God and, and, and go their own way. Sound familiar? Uh, and they had started to rely on their own ability, their, their, own, uh, their own thoughts, their, like their talents and how smart they are. And, and really, these, these promises of God, like I can do whatever I want because I have these promises of God, they even feel like they've made a, a um, deal with death, like death can't touch us. In fact, God will confront them about this and say in, in verse 18, it says, that deal's done. Don't think that's a real deal. That's not, you may think that that's true, but it's not. And in the middle of all that, he put six, verses 16 and 17 here. So I want you to picture it. So they're running away from God. They're doing what they want to do. They're going their own way. They're doing all that. So in verse 16, says, so the Lord and King speaks. Now, this is talking about God, okay? So the Lord and King speaks. He says, look, I'm laying a stone in Zion. And really, that word there would be better translated cornerstone. So you could say, look, I'm laying a cornerstone in Zion. It is a stone that has been tested. It is the most important stone for a firm foundation. The one who depends on that stone will never be shaken. And in verse 17, it says, I will use a measuring line to prove that you have not been fair. I will use a plumb line to prove that you have not done what is right. Hell will sweep away the lies you depend on to keep you safe. Water will flood your hiding place. Man, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Well, let's look at a few things. This is really is, a, this really is so good. God starts off, he says, I'm going to place a stone in Zion. Now, I want you to understand what it means when he says, I'm going to place a stone. They built things different than we build things. Would y'all agree? Like, like 2,000 years from now, do you think this building will be here? There's no way. Things that they built 2,000 years ago, are they still in existence? A lot of them are. Like, you know, we have a lot of things that are. There's some things that aren't, but you can still, and they're, they're, they're digging up and finding things. And, man, and, and, you know, Israel, even longer than that, I believe that the way that the pyramids were built is because they had the Israelites there, slave force that built the pyramids. Pyramids are old, right? They just built things with different material than we build and in different ways. Now, for us, as we build... We do a lot of things, okay? And, and some things are, are similar, but we use a lot of lines. We'll put a lot of stakes in the ground. We'll, we'll pull lines. If you don't know what all that means, it's just, it's just okay. They just want to figure out what the square is. The way they would do it, though, before they pulled a line, the very first line, before they did any of that, they would find the stone. It would be a, 
what they call the cornerstone. It would be the most important stone that was placed in any building. Because once they place this stone, once they put it in place, all measurements would come from this stone. This would be the truth of the building. How square the building would be, how level the building would be, would line up with this one cornerstone. Okay? Now, some of us do this when we're just building a project. It's real easy. So, okay, and so let's say this is the foundation, and this is where we're going to start, okay? So we put our, some of y'all build, like if you're building something like a shed, you're going to build it on some center block. Y'all with me? Anybody ever build on center block? Okay? Put your first one here. After you put your first one here, does this one tell you where that one, that one, and that one goes? Absolutely. You put the first one here, and then you go around. This one also tells you what height that one, that one, and that one needs to be. You with me? And how do I know the distance there of this area? Okay. Y'all make me do a lot of walking. How do I know the distance, how long this needs to be? If it's going to be a wall, if it's going to be a porch, whatever. How do I know? I have to come here. And start with this stone and measure to here. And now I've got my distance using this cornerstone. Y'all with me? How do I know how long it needs to be? Well, I start here with a cornerstone. I get my measurement. And so now I can know the distance from here to here. Every measurement comes from this cornerstone. How do I know it's square? Well, let's take the rounded part off. I can measure from this corner to this corner and get a distance. Then I can go from this corner in this corner, and if it's the same measurement, it's square. But we started with the cornerstone. This one never moves. If something needs to move, it has to be that one, that one, or that one. If something's out of square, it's not this one. It's this one, this one, or this one. God laid a cornerstone. He put a cornerstone in place, he says, I'm laying a stone in Zion. And we understand that this stone is Jesus Christ. Because in the New Testament, it says that he is the chief cornerstone. In fact, he was rejected by some builders, rejected by uh, the religious leaders of Israel. But it says those that, you, that one stone you rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This cornerstone on which everything else Depends. Everything depends. And then it says this stone was tested. It says it is a stone that has been tested. Jesus Christ was tested in every way. When he came to earth, he was tempted in every way that you have ever been tempted. So if you think about a way that you've been tempted, he was tempted that way too. But he was tempted to a greater degree than you because at some point you gave in. Jesus never gave in. He was tested to the point where he showed himself to be fully devoted to God and he fulfilled the law completely. He showed himself to be a tested stone, a cornerstone that could be depended on. Now, if you get a stone, if, I want you to think about this. Okay, so this, this cornerstone, it's... It's here, it's got to be tested, it's got to be a stone that you trust. If I'm going to build on center block again, we're in Mississippi, so we, do, we build on the center block, okay? You put that there, I'm not going to get one that's all broke up. I'm not getting the cracked one. 
I'm not getting one that looks like it's wibbly-wobbly, you know. I'm going to find the best center block that I have. Are you with me? I'm going to put it right here. The best. The one that's tested. The one I know can be trusted. If I got one that's all cracked or whatever, I'm putting it somewhere else. But the first one has to be the best one. And it's saying the first stone that went down was a tested, it was a good stone. It was one that could be trusted because it was tested. And then he goes further and he says, the stone is a firm foundation. The most important stone for a firm, a firm foundation. Y'all know when things happen, let's say there was a storm that came through, or maybe you see these ads on the internet that says, we will do the job for cheap. Y'all see these? Which my grandfather would say, you can have it done cheap or right. You can't have it done for both. You have it done cheap or right. And so, so here, he's saying that this firm foundation this stone, when it's placed here, when everything else is built to the specs of that foundation, that things will be firm. It should be a firm foundation. Here's the problem. Let's say you hire one of those guys that's cheaper. And they just start pouring a foundation or maybe they're building a shed and they're just throwing center blocks everywhere. They're not worried about it being level. They're not worried about it being square. They're not worried about any of those things. And they're just putting stuff up. And it may look good. Things may look all right. I mean, it may look a little, you know what I'm saying? Nothing caulk won't fix. <laughs> Just, and, and everything looks all right, but the problem is the foundation is wrong. The foundation is not firm. The building is not made to last for a long time. It's going to fall at some point. And he's saying here that this stone is the most important stone because every measurement will be taken from this stone. In fact, he says in 17, I will use a measure, measuring line to prove that you, have been, uh, that you have not been fair. I will use a plumb line to prove you have not done what is right. These are the two instruments that they would use to make sure everything lined up with this one cornerstone. And if everything lined up with that cornerstone, you had a firm foundation. If it did not line up with the cornerstone, your foundation was off. Jesus points to the fact, he uses a parable, and this is what he says. He says you can build on sand or you can build on a rock. If you build on sand and the storms come, it's going to crash against the house and the house is going to fall. Or you can build on the rock, and when the, if you build on the rock, when the storms come and the, and, and the winds crash against the side of the house, it will stand. It will stand. And, and so he's, he's here saying this firm foundation, when you build to this, it will withstand the storm. But he's saying to the children of Israel here that you have not built to the specs of the cornerstone that is Jesus Christ. That you have not built to the specs of Scripture. That's why he says, I'm going to prove that you've been unfair. I'm going to prove that you're not right. I'm going to prove this. This measuring line would be a measuring tape. A plumb line. You know what a plumb line is? Yeah? Some of you don't? 
That's where you tie a weight to the end of the line, and then you hold it up, and that line, it'll make a straight line, okay? Because gravity pulls to the... Anyway, so it'll make a straight line. And if you put it against the wall, you can tell if that wall is leaning one way or the other, okay? Yeah, this is important if you're laying bricks or block or whatever. You don't want bricks to be leaning this way because they may fall on top of people whenever you walk by. It'd be terrible, all right? This is important when you're building things like that to know where things go. And so he's saying that these, these, these measuring tapes and these plumb lines, they will be used to see if your life, if my life, line up with Jesus Christ. If they line up with Jesus Christ. He says the one who depends on that stone to line up their life will never be shaken. The stone will not, because the stone will not be shaken. Anybody who lines up their life with this stone will never be shaken. Now, when shaken, the good word for there, it says that this stone will never be in a hurry, never be hasty. Because when you build and you build in a hurry, what do you do? You make mistakes, and then you just cover them up. But when you build slowly, you build methodically. I didn't even know I knew that word. Is that a word? I don't know. Anyway, so there you, you build in, in a way that is precise. According to the cornerstone, you build a foundation that will not fall, will not be. They use the word shaken here, translation, because as you take your time, you put it together well. Now, Israel and, and us, we, too often, we freestyle build. Like we say, yeah, 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 I got a cornerstone, okay? Jesus Christ is my cornerstone right here. But we don't take the first measurement. We just start to freestone. I think the next corner should be here. I think I'm going to put one over here. And, and we start to freestyle in our life. And, and so it, it looks something like this. God's talking about, okay, let's, let's look at finances. That God says, all right, I need you and your finances to honor me and line up your life with me. And you're like, you know what? I know I should tithe, but I want a boat instead. And so instead of putting the next block where it goes, we put one way over here. And then, and, and, and maybe in relationship, I know I'm supposed to forgive. But, you know, and so, all right, so here's the, the cornerstone. Jesus Christ says forgive. And if I'm going to line up forgiveness, I need to put one right there. But I don't want to forgive, so I'm going to put it here. And then the storms come. And our house collapses. And then we go, why didn't you protect my house? Why didn't you keep my house from falling down? Why didn't you keep these relationships from falling apart? Why didn't you keep my finances from falling apart? And God says, I tried. If you would have built according to the cornerstone that is me, these things, they would have come against you, but your house wouldn't have fallen. Now, there could be a time that if, let's say you had a foundation poured, and you found one of those cheap guys. And so what happened is you have... This part of the foundation, they built the house on it, and they, they nailed everything together, the sides on it, everything looks so good. Man, you can't wait to get in. But they didn't prep the ground right, okay? And this side of the foundation is sinking. And, and this side over here, they didn't get the mix right, the concrete mix right. So it's crumbling. It's just breaking to pieces over here. And it's cracking in that corner. 
And this corner, whatever reason, you got some water down here, and it's pushing this side up. So this side's going down, this side's going up, and that one's crumbling, and that one's cracking. But the house looks good. There's no way to fix that foundation. Some people in here, you're like, I could fix that. Well, let's say it's so bad you can't fix it, okay? And I know we got some industrial people in here that you could do it, but let's say it just couldn't, and it's out of square, and everything's not right, and it's not up to spec, and it's... And, and there it is. But the house looks good. And, and, and we're like, I'm going to move in. Everything looks fine. It looks, I'm good. This is, the, man, yes. But then what we notice is over the next few weeks, over the next few months, you start to see cracks in the wall. When the wind blows, you start to hear the house go, creaking twisted and then a big storm comes and it falls what happened it looks so good on the outside everything looks so great but the foundation wasn't firm and it was shaky and what should have happened is that whole house should have been torn down And all that concrete and all the rock and everything should have been pulled up except for the cornerstone. And then it should have been built according to the specifications of the cornerstone. And what I'm saying, and when I say all that is to say this, is that God is using his measuring line and his plumb line to show us that we have not built our life according to the cornerstone that is Jesus Christ, and we are in danger of a house falling in on us. And God says, I would rather you tear it down than it fall on top of you. I'd rather you tear it down and rebuild it than it fall on top of you. Let me show you how that works. I'm going to get real personal for a minute. Can I do that? Can I get personal? Some of you are like, no. I'm not thinking of anybody. I'm not looking at anybody. Okay, so let's just say there's, and I don't know if this is true for anybody in here. I'm not thinking about anybody. So if you're getting convicted, it's the Holy Spirit. Let's say a man and a woman are living together outside of marriage. God says that is building not according to the firm foundation that is the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. And you're like, but I can't move out, we can't move out, we can't. And God would say, I want you to destroy that house. And you're like, destroy? What do you mean? Move out from each other, and then I want you to rebuild in marriage. And he's like, I want you to do that, because I don't want want it to fall in on you. I want to build something that will last. I want to build something where the firm foundation Really, he's saying, I don't want you to be hurt. Or maybe there's somebody in financial problems. Financial situation, because financial situation, and again, I don't know of anybody, okay? But you're at that place, and um, you know, you're like, I just, I just, I can't pay for my needs. Like, and, and so we start to ask for help with our needs. Like, I need, my, you know, health care, or maybe I need my power bill, but then we have, Hulu and Netflix and, you know, I, I canceled cable to save money and now I spend more. Y'all with me with those subscriptions? 
And God may be, you got to destroy this. How? You cancel those subscriptions. And then you rebuild it. And you start taking care of your needs first. And that could even go for tithing. Like, I can't tithe. I can't. I just, I can't tithe. And, and there's no way that I can do that. But then, at the same time, you, you look at all the things that you buy on Amazon. And if we just wouldn't buy those, and I'm guilty of that because I buy, there's boxes at my house like all the time. Okay? I'd rather buy it on Amazon than go to Walmart. I, I get an amen? Come on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Ladies, we know you love Walmart. We know. Uh, you know you buy a casket at Walmart? I don't know why I thought about that. Yeah? Men, your wife could buy you a casket at Walmart. And Walmart, as the old saying goes, could let you down one last time. <laughs> one last time. So, it's true though. Go online. Don't look right now. But look later. And, 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 and so... We can stop buying the stuff that we don't need because, like, I didn't even, like, I buy stuff because, like, I didn't even know they offered that. Like, yes, I need, I need that. I need something to dry my shoes out, you know. Like, I don't need to just set them out and let them dry. I, I need that, you know. And, and there's all kinds of stuff I need that I get that I don't use. And I just quit buying that so I can tithe. I tear down so God can rebuild. Some of us are at that place where we have that, that unforgiveness in our heart. And we're like, I'm not going to forgive that person. I'm not going to forgive them. I hate them. I'm going to hold a grudge against them. And, 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 and God's like, I'm going to tear that down. And I need to rebuild for, in forgiveness. Too many of us have built, not according to the specifications of Jesus Christ, but to our own desires and wants. We got a lot of young people in here, so let's just, if we're going to go all the way, make everybody uncomfortable, let's get them uncomfortable too. Okay. So, like, like man, I, I want to build a house, build my life. Cornerstone says not to have sex outside of marriage. Now, that's just not for young people. This is anybody who's not married. But uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go my own way. And let me just tell you can I tell you from experience? It's not something that just you deal with now. It's something that you carry for a long time. And it's something that you, and not just you, but the person you marry, y'all have to deal with. And there will be guilt that you carry for the rest of your life that God has to deal with. God says, I want, I want to tear it down and build something new. I, I want to tear it down and build something great. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And he says, this is the truth, that he is the stone, and we are not. Like It says right here, he says, I'm going to measure you according to the cornerstone, and I'm going to use a plumb line according to the, the, the cornerstone. So he's going to use his word and the Holy Spirit to convict us, to show us that we are not the stone. Like, God's not going to show up one day, and he's not going to just come up, and I'm picking on Jake, not Jake. Come here, I need you to stand here. Don't really come here. I get scared. I'm going to use you to measure and make sure that, that James is doing right. He's, not gonna, he's, not gonna, he's never going to come to me and say, Scott, come here. Let me use you. I need to measure to make sure that, that, that Britt's doing good. I'm not the standard. 
In fact, I have to be measured to or be measured according to the standard, which is Jesus Christ. And here's the truth. We come up short, and it's a slow process that continues all the time so that we can continually improve. Watch this. So that we can continually improve and become more like him so that our foundation is stronger and stronger. So it will be a constant tearing down, remodeling of my life forever Becoming more and more like Jesus. So, so there's, look, it's not just this one time of tearing things down. It's a constant, always remodel, constant fixing, constant the, this, this becoming more like him, more according to the cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ, so that when the wind blows, and it says here, for the ones who did not grow or did not grow, build, did not build on the cornerstone. It says here, it says, the hell will sweep away the lies you depend on to keep you safe. What were their lies? I'm good. I got this covered. I'm a good person. I'm okay. They had this deal. They thought they had this deal with, with death. Death can't touch us because we're good. Death can't touch us because we have these promises. Death can't do anything to us. Sin can't touch me. All these, these are lies because I'm stronger than that. I'm bigger than that. I can conquer those things. All this, right? So this is what he's saying. But he says hell will come to destroy that lie. Why? Because if we depend on ourselves, you know what we are? We are our own idol. And Jesus is in the job of destroying idols. And, and, and so like when Egypt, you know, here comes Moses. He says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no. And then all the plagues start to come. All the plagues were in direct attack of the idols of Israel to show that God was more powerful than them. And God will allow hell to come into our lives to destroy the lie that we can handle things. To destroy the lie that we've built our life, if we built it on our own opinion, on our own desires, to destroy the lie that everything's beautiful and everything's okay. If the foundation is wrong, it doesn't matter how beautiful the building is. When the hail comes and it says the water floods come, it says it'll flood your hiding place. There won't be any place to hide from this. That all of us the foundation will be revealed when the hailstorms and the floods come. So the question is, do you trust in the stone that is Jesus Christ? That's the question. Do you trust in Him? Do you trust in Him enough to allow your life to be built in line with Him? Do you trust Him enough to have your house, your life, destroyed so that he can build it back. Like, do you trust in the cornerstone enough in his word to say, okay, I'm willing to take all of my life, everything that there is, and allow him just to destroy it all, wipe it clean, and start to build things back the way that he wants? Do you trust the cornerstone? I'm going to tell you, our way stinks. Our way is terrible. Our way leads to destruction. Our way may look good. Because that's what sin does. Sin looks good until the storm comes. It may look good and it may be what we think we want until the hailstorm comes. It may seem like everything is, is falling into place until the floods show up. 
Y'all remember Extreme uh, Extreme Makeover Home Edition? Y'all remember that? Extreme Home Makeovers. Oh, Ty. Ladies, y'all like Ty, didn't you? Ty. They would take a house, and when they first started, they would remodel that. Y'all remember that? But then as the show progressed, they just would show up and be like, this house is terrible. Let's tear down. You remember how they progressed to that? And then they would just build a brand new house. Yeah? Some of y'all act like y'all never saw this show. Let me tell you about it. Some of y'all are so young, you don't probably, that's kind of an old show, I guess, at this point. So they would, they would get this group that would come in, and they would take somebody that was in need or somebody who didn't have the money to fix their house, somebody who contributed to the, to the community. And so they bring a, a crew in, and they would ask them questions and interview them, and they'd send the family on vacation for a week. And while the family was on vacation for a week, that team, that makeover team of, of contractors and construction workers, would, they would, at, you know, towards the end, they would just tear the whole house down. There wouldn't be anything left. And then they would build it from foundation up, scratch, a brand new house. Now, here's what happens. The family would come back from vacation, but they didn't get to see the house because there would be this really big bus in the way. So they'd be standing there, and the whole family would be, and like neighbors would be there. And you remember what they would say? Yeah, move that bus. And then the bus would move, and it would reveal the house. Now, here's what you never saw. You never saw anybody go, why'd you tear my house down? What were you thinking? Like, like we loved that place. I mean, really, it was drafty, but we liked it. Like, like we... we there were cracks in the wall, but that gave it character. You know, all the things that we say about stuff when we can't, really, we can't afford to fix it. They never said those things. When the bus would move and it would be a brand new house, it would be like, oh my goodness. And they would walk in, they'd be given a tour, and they can hardly contain themselves because they're like, look at this room. And they were like, in the, in the women be in the cabinets, and they'd be, I didn't even know they made drawers that would pull out in drawers and sell clothes and, you know, all this. And they're all excited about it. And then they'd go into the bathroom, and there would be this, you know, crazy rainforest shower and all. And so they would be there, and they'd be all excited about it. And they were excited to go from one room to the next. And they never just stopped and were like, you know what? Where's the old house? They were so overwhelmed by the abundance of life that they didn't even think about the old. And God says, this is what I want to do for you. You're overwhelmed right now because we live in the old. And God's like, I want to, I want to tear it down. And we're overwhelmed with the thought of the house being torn down, the life, parts of our life being torn apart. We're overwhelmed by that. Because we're like, what is it going to look like? What is it going to be? And... and, and Here's the thing, when that family would leave and they would give Ty, they say, Ty, you do whatever you want to do, and they fully trusted Ty. Why did they fully trust Ty? Because they'd watched the show. They knew that Ty knew and his little team knew what they were doing. They knew when they got done with it, it was going to be a house of abundance. The cornerstone has proven himself to be faithful, more faithful than Ty. Over and over and over again. Do you trust the cornerstone enough to give him the keys to your life and say, you do your work? 
You tear down what you have to tear down. You tear out what you have to tear out. You remove what you have to remove. Because I trust when you rebuild, it's going to be better than what you or what I had before. And what's crazy is we resist him doing that. But when he does the work in our life, it's like walking into that new house, that house of abundance going, look at this. I had no idea relationships could be like this. I had no idea that, that you could have trust in, in a relationship like this. I had no idea that you could have friends like this. Financially, you're like, I had no idea that financially things could be like this, that I don't have to worry every day about where, where the money's coming from. I had no idea that that would happen. Or maybe it's something deeper inside you when you look at yourself in the mirror and somebody has told you and you told yourself that you're no good, that you're sorry, that you're worthless, and the cornerstone says, no, you're valuable. I came and paid for you. I bought you with a price that is higher than any price in this whole universe with the blood of Jesus Christ you were valuable to me you were worth something and you sit there and all of a sudden you wake up in the morning because you build your life according to the cornerstone that's Jesus Christ and you see yourself as a child of God and you're walking around in abundance what Jesus said he says I come to give you life and not just life but life more abundant and you're walking around in the abundance and the storms come, and the hell storms come, but because the foundation is right and you've built according to the cornerstone that is Jesus Christ, the storms can come, but the house will stand. And trust me, they're coming. It doesn't matter where you are, where you at. Financially, they're coming. Relationally, they're coming. Emotionally, they're coming. Uh, they're coming spiritually. They're coming at you. And the only way we withstand those storms is the cornerstone that is Jesus Christ. And we look and we say, God, what would you have my life be? The blueprint to your life. God, I... I think I'm going to steal some money. Thou shalt not steal. Okay, I won't steal because I'm going to live my life according to what your cornerstone is. You come back over here, and in Timothy it talks about we got to control our tongue because the tongue is dangerous, and the tongue can cause a fire that will destroy. And we go, okay, I'm going to have to control my tongue because the cornerstone told me that I had to have self-control. I'm going to have self-control, and when somebody comes to me to gossip like they always have, I'm not going to use my tongue to gossip and destroy. I'm going to use my tongue to praise my God. I'm going to destroy or allow God to destroy that part so he can build something better. And we look at the blueprints of our life. And some of us have neglected this for far too long. Because we know our opinion and the word of God don't line up. And we would rather live according to our opinions and our desires than the word of God. And we're walking down a path of destruction. Can't wait till one day. Because God's still working. And with this, I'm done. Y'all can come on, man. With this, I'm done. Here's, here's what it, it looks like. I take my last breath. And it's going to be that place where he says, in that, in that show where so move that bus. I walk in 
to a rest that's bigger than I ever understood. And the scripture tells us this. That the things that we do on earth will be tested. And this wasn't in the first service. I don't know who this is for, but be tested with fire and the things that we build in this life that will be wood, hay, or stubble. And those things that are wood, hay, and stubble will be burned up. But it says those things that are gold, silver, and precious stones will be tested by fire and those things will last. And then those things will be given back to us as a reward. For a long time, that scared me. And here's why it scared me. Because I knew I built with wood, hay, and stubble. I looked at God as a, as, a, as a God that was horrible and awful and judgmental because I knew that what I was doing was evil and against Him. I was here with Israel like, hey, I have God on my side. I do whatever I want to do. And I knew that if that point in my life, there would be nothing left if God tested my life. And then as I started to live life according to his word, and this has nothing to do with me and everything to do with him, all of a sudden I realized the gold, silver, and precious stones that would last are the things I celebrate the most. Wood, hay, and stubble, you know why he burns them up? Because they bring guilt to my life. And he burns up the guilt. And he burns up the shame. And they're not there anymore to remind me of where I failed. He burns them up. And then he leaves the gold, silver, and precious stones that goes through fire. And if you don't know this, fire purifies those things. And so he takes the things that I've done for him according to his word, according to Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. I, I, he takes those things, he burns them in a fire, and purifies them, and he gives them back to us. And he reminds, as a reminder, watch this, as the reminder of our obedience to him. To remind us of the things that we can celebrate. Man, what a beautiful picture. Before I thought it was a terrible, awful thing. But now I see it as such a beautiful thing. A cornerstone, a God, a Jesus that loves us more than we can even fathom. Anything that we can even understand. Church, I'm going to ask that you would stand right now and some of you need to come to the altar and just pray and say, God, I need you to burn the wood, the hay, and the stubble and take these things, this guilt, this shame. I need you to take these things from me. Some of you need to come to the altar and say, God, tear it down. Bring, you know, bring your building hands to repair, to, to, to rebuild, to remake Man, and some of you, oh man, I'm feeling for some of you. Some of you have a broken bone, and you're just like, God, my bone is broke. God's got to set it. That hurts for a minute. But you know this, when your bone heals, it's stronger than it was before. Some of you got some brokenness in your life, and God wants to put it back together and put it, like rebuild it and make it stronger than it was before. But you got to give it to Him. Do you trust? The cornerstone that's Jesus Christ. Lord, Father, I pray that as we have this moment, this time, that we would pray to you. We would surrender things. That we would pray for one another. Lord, we would pray with each other. And Lord, as we are in this life and as the hell storms come, Lord, let us find our feet on solid ground. Because you are the cornerstone in which we build our life. Lord, Father, let us not be shaken. 
let us take time to, to build our life according to what you would have it to be. And Lord, for all the broken, I pray you would repair them. Repair the broken hearts and the emotions. Father, repair the broken finances and the broken hearts, the broken relationships, the broken emotions. Well, Father, restore to them the joy of their salvation. Father, move in us. In Jesus' name I pray. The altar's open for anybody who needs it. You come as the Spirit leads.